this is Father's Day, and I'm not very good at preaching to themes and stuff. Um, and George did. Okay. Oh, did you put that down there? Oh, sorry, no. <laughs> and um, Jordan told me that our, the theme today is kind of around the idea of ruling and reigning, that we can rule in life through Christ Jesus. We can lead our lives well. And I want to talk a bit about that, but just another um, prophetic thought before I get going and forget about it is, as I was driving in, I felt like the Lord said, for you guys as a church, that he's positioned you in a very political city, but what he wants to manifest through you isn't something political, but he wants to manifest and make real, tangible, concrete, solid, and visible the governmental order of the kingdom. And you know, the government of the kingdom, its operating paradigm is actually family. Yeah? All the government of the earth, of everything, comes from Father God. And the Godhead is a relational kind of family dynamic, and we're called into the family of God. So you get that? And I just see a new level of the family of God bringing a strength to the weight of government that God has entrusted you as a church to bring redemption and reconciliation to your city. And um, there's a scripture that says, um, in the end times, the hearts of the fathers are going to be turned towards the children. The hearts of the children are going to be turned towards the fathers. And it's a prophetic statement about some dynamic that God's going to make manifest in the end times. That's part of the ushering in and the spreading out of kingdom reality. All over the earth as the waters cover the sea, glory. It's a glory manifestation to see true family as God ordained it to be. And that kind of glory is coming to you guys at a whole new level. It's going to be an intergenerational strength where you've got this amazing diversity. You're not going to be a slice of the generational pie. You're not going to be a slice of the cultural pie. You're not going to be a tribe, but you're going to re uh, represent and manifest the amazing wholeness and diversity and strength that is the true family of God, and that brings the weight of the government of heaven to do good in your city. Does that sound like a good word? I thought, man, that is awesome. And I feel that you carry that now. I can feel it in the room today. I can feel it in your worship. But you put your faith to that and shift your expectations and even the way that you relate and the way you reach out and connect in your world to people, you're not called to relate only to your little slice of the pie, age-wise, interest-wise, culture-wise, but you're called to be an ambassador for this whole diverse, amazing family of God that's going to increase your weight of government in this city. Cool. So I've got some scriptures. Let's start with Genesis chapter 1, 28. I'm taking my watch off and putting it here so I can keep track of time. Um, hopefully, that scripture is going to go up on the screen. It's already there. That's because it saves me looking it up. So let's, how about we read it together? Shall we make this a group effort? Cool. So, God spoke, let us make human beings in our image, make them reflecting our nature so they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, 
and yes, earth itself and every animal that moves on the face of the earth. God created human beings. He created them godlike, reflecting God's nature. He created the male and female. God blessed them, prosper, reproduce, fill the earth. And listen to this, take charge, be responsible for fish in the sea, birds in the air, for every living thing that moves on the face of the earth. I love the message version because it comes at things from a bit of a different angle and can focus us on the heart and mind of God in a different way. So, I've got four points in my message today, and it's all about ruling and reigning in life that we would see the kingdom of heaven come on earth in the way that God intended to bring it through us because we're his kids. Cool? So just from this verse, my first point is this, that you can rule and reign in life because you were created in God's image. You're created with the capacity, it's in your DNA, it's part of who human beings are. We know, every two-year-old knows, I'm in charge. There's something in us that knows that we're meant to stand up and we're meant to bring leadership in life. Now, stuff can happen that can push us around and push us off our mark and mess with our sense of identity. But what the gospel does is it draws us in and stands us upright in our original identity and purpose that we know who we are. I want to say to you today, whether you see yourself as a leader, whether you see yourself as a winner, whether you see yourself as an influencer right now for good, in your very DNA, you're called and created to rule and reign. You were created for leadership. Our authority and ability to be responsible and to take charge comes from God. Who knows God has ultimate authority? He's the boss of everything. And it's not because he's bossy. It's because he's worthy of that. Everything comes from him. Yeah? He is the most amazing father. And he's the father of all creation. And as the father of all creation, he could do everything. But he's chosen because he's a loving and a good father who knows how to father. He's not the imperfect ones that we've all experienced. He delegates to his children part of who he is and what he does. And so the authority that we have to be responsible and to take charge is part of him giving himself to us, his kids, and empowering us to do what he would do. Adam and Eve stood in the garden in authority, but it wasn't theirs. Well, it kind of was because God gave it to them. But standing right behind them, backing them up, was the heavenly father, the Lord and creator of all creation who can do anything he wants to do. But what he wants to do is to bless all the families of the earth and to bring restoration 
and reconciliation. He wants to prosper his people. He wants to prosper everything on the earth because he's a good father. And guess what? He's delegated that job to us. And it's not just the job. He's given us the authority, the weight of influence and ability to actually do it. So that's my first point. You've got to be trying not to be responsible and take charge. Or you've got to be influenced by the lies of the enemy and the fogginess of the world to not rise up and be responsible for bringing good to the world, for blessing, prospering, and protecting the world, because that's what the Father does. Am I doing all right so far because you're really quiet? So if you've read the story or heard preaching much, you'll know something went wonky in the garden. Yeah? And the funny thing was this guy, Satan, came along. And he was the antithesis of real power and authority to do good in the earth. Because he was the usurper. He was a rebel. And he shifted out of the role that God gave him to bless everything. And he rose up to try and be something different. And actually what he did was he tried to interrupt the powerful intervention of God through people on the earth to multiply God's amazing wisdom, creativity, and goodness. So there was a bit of an interruption, yeah? And it came through somebody who didn't understand how authority to be responsible and take charge really works. So we kind of swim in the goldfish bowl of that kind of idea in our culture as well. But the kingdom cuts across that to bring restoration and to do good. Cool? So back to the first point, you were created to take responsibility and to take charge and to do it with a purpose, to bless all the families of the earth. Yeah? So what happened was the relationship between Adam and Eve and God got interrupted. You see, the problem was a relationship problem and an authority problem. And my second point is that authority and rule is relationship, and it's found in Christ. Yeah? All true government and authority is not only given by God, it derives from God. It actually comes out of him. It's part of his ability that is given away and delegated to us, yeah? He's the source and the origin of all authority. He's the father of all creation, as I've said. So in the garden, there were two trees, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life, yeah? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil represents trying to take responsibility and to take charge separate from relationship with God. It represents, let me just take the fruit of your wisdom and knowledge, God, and let me go over here and do my own thing my own way because I haven't got time, and actually maybe I can do it without you anyway. Romans 1 said that a path spiraled downward out of glory that God created us for comes when we leave God out of our knowledge. Yeah? 
So knowledge, but also authority separate from God leads to death and destruction, craziness and dysfunction. Yeah? And actually, we end up breaking ourselves on that stuff because we've created to live through life and fulfill what we have in us in relationship with him. Yeah? You with me? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you can actually see in the Old Testament where people said, no, we don't want to come to God ourselves. Just tell us the rules. We'll go do that. And Moses, you deal with God. You be the one who meets with God face to face. So in a way, though, they were trying to be religious. They were still affected by the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of, of good and evil. Yeah? But God is saying to us, come on. You'll find out who you really are, and you'll stand up and be a blessing in your life and be blessed when you come face to face with me. Because in relationship with me, you find this weight of heaven coming behind you to prosper you in all you do and to fulfill the purpose that I've given you. Yeah? So the tree of life, I reckon, represents Jesus. He said, I'm the true vine. In John um, 14, 9 to 14, there's this whole kind of confusing thing. I'm in the Father, and the Father's in me, and the Father and me, and, you know, all of this kind of thing. And then it talks about, I'm sending the Holy Spirit, and he'll be in you, and you'll be in me, and I'm in the Father, and all this kind of thing. But what's that? It, it's what I'm talking about. I'm bringing things back together that were split apart so that you would walk in the authority that I've given you, delegated you to bring heaven to earth and restoration to all things. Isn't that cool? Why do we gather like this? Why do we meet from house to house? Why do we pray for one another? Why do we meet for coffee? Because everything in the kingdom happens through family and relationship. The power that we have to manifest in restoration and goodness in our city will only come through relationship because without it, we have no weight of authority to make it happen. So ruling and reigning is in our DNA. We established that, eh? I'm proving some points to you today. Yep. And ruling and reigning is a byproduct of us being in Christ Jesus. And in him, we're in the Father. We're back together again. What was split in the garden comes together to release the purpose of God. Hey, just um, put up that scripture, Colossians 1, starting in verse 15, going to verse 20, please. Let's do the same thing and read this together, eh? We look at the Son, that's Jesus, and see the God who cannot be seen. We look at the sun and see God's original purpose in everything created. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. He was there before any of it came into existence and he holds it all together right up to this moment. And when it comes to the church, he organizes and holds it together, like a head does a body. He was supreme in the beginning, 
and leading the resurrection parade, he is supreme in the end. From beginning to end, he's there, towering far above everything, everyone. So spacious is he, I love this, so roomy that everything of God, so what's of God? Well, everything is. It already said that. So not everything of God, the people who are Christians sitting in church this morning, everything is of God. The verses before just said so. Everything of God finds its proper place in him without crowding. Not only that, but all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe, people and things, animals and atoms, back to the garden, eh? Get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies, all because of his death, his blood poured down from the cross. Our authority to bring the ministry of reconciliation, to see the restoration of all things, is in Christ. But our wholeness, our finding our coming together just right and harmoniously is found in him and in the church and in this amazing relational um, dynamic. So in Christ, you find your proper place, you find your proper self, you find your purpose. Hey, we know this. Under his headship, that becomes possible. So headship speaking about what? Ruling, eh? It's speaking about government and authority, but it's not the government and authority of the world that says, let me dominate you, let me rip you off, let me push you around. It's not that. We're talking about the family dynamic of headship that creates space for everything to come together harmoniously and whole, but it is an authority, yeah, that flows down to us and it's that releasing from the Father again to us that we would be him in the world so that scripture said people look at Jesus and see the Father and actually that's been multiplied to us that as we find our own wholeness and harmony in this dynamic people look at us and they see the Father people look at your church and they see the family Oh God, how cool is that? See, that's how the authority of heaven comes to earth. That was my second point. Authority to rule is relational, and it's found in Christ. Three, this is a bit of a theology talk today, eh? There's structure, rank, and order in the government of God. We will rule and reign in life when we understand this, and we find our place in it, and we stand in that place taking responsibility, yeah, to rule in the roles that God has given us in life, yeah? God has placed authorities around us for blessing and protection. How do I know this? Because he's a father, and that's the role of a father. He hasn't placed authorities around us to limit, control, use, abuse, or minimize us. But he's placed authorities around us to bless us. In other words, to resource us with everything that we need 
to be who we're called to be and do what we're called to do. But if we've been wounded in life, if we've been affected in a dramatic way by our culture, we need to go on a journey of transformation and realization to be able to bring ourselves enthusiastically into that place of embracing authorities that God has placed around us and above us and, and all of that kind of thing. And I'll tell you what, it's the love of the Father and meeting God as I prophesied over putting that actually restores our heart and shifts our understanding so that we can experience that safe and incredibly empowering and encouraging and, and motivating relationship. Yeah, And it has to do with authority. Because in the kingdom, authority is for the protection and blessing of people. So about these realms and structures and ranks, in that scripture we read from Colossians, it said rank upon rank upon rank of angels. See, there's order and structure in the spiritual realm. There's order and structure on earth. God orders and structures things because that's how it works best. But it happens a little bit differently to how it happens in our natural world. That's why we're here to bring a shift and a change, eh? So some of how this works that we don't always get is that we're assigned in seasons and roles and callings by God, yeah? And he gives us authority for that, yeah? And sometimes we misunderstand. You might be the CEO of a multi-million dollar business. You might have people jumping to your tune and answering your emails in the middle of the night if you send it all around the world because you've been called and given authority and grace, and we'll talk about grace for it in a minute, in that realm and for that role to bring blessing and prosperity, say. But if you come to church and you're wearing your CEO hat and you're trying to find your place to fit in harmoniously and in wholeness in the body of Christ, you can be in danger of missing it because in the church you may not be CEO, but you may be some other part of the family in a given season. You with me? You're CEO of a business and you turn up at your kid's school and you act as though you're boss of the school. You're going to be very unpopular very quick. Do you get what I mean? Same thing. Actually, if we overextend, we're disrupting the order of the family of God and the kingdom of heaven. But if we shrink back and we refuse to step up in responsibility, in the calling and the empowerment and the positioning of God, we leave a gap that doesn't, you know, promote that wholeness and that amazing fullness that we want to see in the body of Christ. Yeah, but there's structure and order and we need the Holy Spirit and we need to actually be in the kind of relationship with one another where we can speak into that, where we can see prophetically. You sang an awesome song before where you see what God sees. You see it from his mind. We see one another from that perspective. And we have a role to play in helping to position people in the place where they will find themselves soaring and whole and harmonizing and influencing in the world, not just in the church, but in the places that God's called them to. That's why the church always has a prophetic dynamic 
because we are on the move and we're seeing more and more and we have to speak to it to cause it to manifest just as God spoke to creation and brought uh, a concrete reality out of a void. We need to see through the void that we see in somebody's life to the potential that God has placed in them and speak to it. Yeah, no point sitting at home and saying, oh, I wish that person would realize how awesome they are. No, don't do that. Tell them how awesome they are. And don't say, thus saith the Lord. Just say something encouraging. We're all prophets in the church because we all can encourage, strengthen, and comfort one another. But we need to speak up a bit more. We need to be a little bit more resilient when people say, no, don't do that. Come over here and do this. I reckon you'll flourish and blossom there. You with me? Structure is important, but we won't get a memo. We'll need to walk with the Holy Ghost. And we'll need to walk in relationship with one another. Remember, Jesus is our role model. The way he walked with the Father and how he carried the authority of heaven was different to what the people in his world expected when he walked on earth because they were used to the rule of Rome, the Roman Empire. Our authority will manifest differently, but it will carry the weight of heaven to bring change. Okay, so there's structure, rank and order in the government of God. When you find your zone, man or weight of heaven will come behind you and you'll have incredible influence for good. Four, this is my last point. We are, first of all, let's summarize. We have the DNA of leadership, authority and influence in us because we were made in God's image. Yeah? What was my second we find ourselves in Christ, yeah? And we're included in the family of God, which actually has the governing role on earth, straight from heaven, yeah? In our relationship with Jesus, who's the head of all things. Ephesians 1, the church is supreme over it all. Not as some bossy thing, but as a family, fatherly influence to bless, prosper, nurture, cause, you know, safety, security, and the blossoming of what God intended for our communities and cities. So, um, and then the structure. And the fourth one is we're called and anointed to rule and reign. There's an anointing. And see, the anointing isn't like a funny atmosphere, although it can manifest as a feeling. Anointing simply means the ability of God coming upon you to make you who you need to be and to resource you to do what you need to do and what God has imagined you doing from before you were even born. The anointing is empowerment to make you and to equip you. Yeah? And there are moments, and that's what I saw for you, Putty, a new anointing coming. And what that tells me is there's a new assignment or a new aspect of the unfolding of your call. See, our identity is fixed. And we need to, I think God in His church right now 
is so ministering to us that we would be totally secure in our identity. And our identity is not what we do, it's who we are. We have one identity, and that is, I'm a daughter of the King of glory. I'm a daughter of my Father in heaven, and He likes me, and He likes you. He is so proud of me. He is so proud of you. That's your identity. There's a relaxed delight in finding yourself at home in your identity as a son or a daughter of God. Yeah? And then we have callings. God might speak into you. You're going to go here. You're going to do that. You're going to be this kind of gift to the body or to the world. Yeah? And then he anoints us or empowers us with him self and his own abilities to do that, yeah? But you see, even under the umbrella of a calling, say my calling was to be a preacher, even under that, at different times and seasons, God changes my assignment. See, my assignment, the things that I do to serve God isn't me. If I try and build my life and security on that, everything's going to be wobbly and wonky. It's like if, you, if you're used by God to bring the kingdom in the realm or sphere of government or business or whatever, even if you try and build your identity and security on that, you'll wobble all over the place. Yeah? Because that's an assignment that you've been given. But God can change that whenever He likes. Because He's the one with the map and we're following, eh? Yeah, and He loves to open up windows so we can see the future. So that we can be drawn forward and encouraged and, and the like road uh, signposts for us, yeah? But when God gives you an assignment, if you see something coming, towards you. God gives you a glimpse of who you are in the future. You can sometimes feel overwhelmed and frightened and pull back from it and say, I could never do that. Well, no, you couldn't right now. But when you come up to the door to step through into that place, if you keep moving forward in the prophetic promises of God, an anointing will come upon you it will change you into who you need to be and empower you to do what you need to do. Okay. Romans 4, verse 17. Can we whip that up? I just want to read this passage because this proves that I'm not just talking through a hole in my head. This is what the Bible says. Um. What does that, anyone got their Bible? Ah, there we go. We call Abraham father, not because he got God's attention by living like a saint, but because God made something out of Abraham when he was nobody. Wow, that's good news to me. <laughs> Isn't that what we've always read in Scripture? God saying to Abraham, I set you up as a father of many peoples. Abraham was first named father 
then he became a father because he dared to trust God. So you've been named some stuff. Your authority in life to rule and reign and to bring the transforming power of the kingdom of heaven to earth is not based on your past. It's not based on how you see yourself right now, but it's based on what God names you. And at strategic times, at significant times, He will call out to you through Scripture through something somebody says in a conversation, by his still small voice or through a prophetic word or something. And he'll say, right, you are, da-da. And it lands on us and we are not yet that. But like I said before, when God speaks, it is a creative force that transforms us that changes things, that makes something out of nothing. Does that mean God didn't already see you like that? No, it doesn't. He saw every day of your life before you were conceived. But there are times and seasons where He works with us to release us, to align us, to stand us up on our feet, to anoint us and empower us to do our part as sons and daughters in the family business of bringing the glory of God to earth as it is in heaven. We get to have a part of that. And our part of it is to rule and reign, not in natural ability, but by what God says we are, who God says we are, and through the power of His anointing. Time's gone. There's one more story that's really cute. 1 Samuel 10 verse 6, Saul. It's a crazy story. He loses his donkey. This is Saul before he becomes King Saul. He goes to see a prophet because prophets would tell you where you lost your keys and things like that in those days prophet says a funny story oh you'll go here you'll meet these people you'll do this and um, the prophet said you're going to come across a company of prophets and they're going to be praising God and singing and carrying on and worshipping and stuff like that and you're going to enter into the company of prophets and you will also begin to prophesy and it says in verse 6 of 1 Samuel 10 The Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you and you will prophesy with them. And listen to this. You will be changed into a different person. What's my point? In order for you, anyway, let me just say this. Straight after that, uh, Saul meets up with Samuel and he's anointed king. So he was transformed into in that anointed environment. An anointing came upon him and he was changed from being just Saul to being the king that he needed to be. You will rule and reign when you intentionally place yourself in the company of the prophets. This room today your e-group, conferences that you go to, environments where the anointing on others can come upon you, not to activate the same thing, but to activate what God is wanting to release to you from heaven in that moment. Don't underestimate the power of Sunday morning to come into the company of prophets 
there are days where you will leave this place having been changed into another man. You'll go into your week and a door will open and you'll step into what it is that God's prepared for you, equipped with an anointing that enables you. Can I make some declarations over you to close this off? Because in behind this, I've so felt the love of the Father. Funny that it's Father's Day. Eh? Not theology, although theology is God's thoughts, really. It's all about God. But the love of the Father. And I think that today, He just wants to come in and convince us of how set up we are to rule and reign in life with confidence and boldness and ease and joy and effectiveness because of all those reasons. But behind those reasons is your Heavenly Father. So would you just stand with me? And I, I want to read out these declarations. And if you, maybe... You know, whatever. Just open up your heart because it's just the Word of God and it comes from what I've already talked about. Open your heart to God. I'm going to speak words that will release an impartation to you today to strengthen, comfort, and encourage you. Thanks, Lord. You're so good, Father. You're so amazing, Lord. You're not far away. You're a Father who comes close. You're so involved in our lives. Every detail. You know us inside and out, and you love us. You champion us. You see yourself in us. You see yourself in us. Come on, some people need to hear that. The Father sees himself in you. He loves you. He loves you. So here we go. You are created in the image of your loving Heavenly Father who has great confidence in you. He is so proud of you. And your identity is Son of God. Your identity is daughter of God. Your heavenly Father included you in his family to bless and protect you and to make you a blessing in your world too as you learn to lead with him. You're included. You're not on the outside. You're included. You're in the family. You can't not be in the family because you come from him. He loves you so much that he put you in Christ and in himself so that you become part of everything coming together whole and harmonious in you and through you. You have an authority that comes from the Father 
you have an anointing that comes from the Father. And it makes you into who you need to be and gives you the abilities that you need to do what he's called you into. You have an anointing. Come on, you have an anointing. Your anointing is his presence, his power, his ability all over you and working through you. When you go to work tomorrow, you have an anointing. You have an anointing to bless. You have an anointing to serve. You have an anointing to lift up. You have an anointing to represent the Father in heaven. You have an anointing to bless that place where he's positioned you. So, Lord, we receive your encouragement today. Come on, let whatever parts of that was for you today find the mark in your heart. Take it away and let it rest in you. Let it build within you and strengthen, comfort, and encourage you. Fathers put identity, purpose, and confidence in their kids, and they bring their full weight behind them in love. And I declare to you today, you have the best father. You have the best father ever. Amen. Bless you guys.